0: It's time for this week's Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. It's brought to you by Serve Pro of Champaign, Urbana, providing damage restoration and cleaning from water, fire, mold, and storms. Serve Pro. Make it like it never even happened. Tonight's in depth look at area high school football is also powered by the Fighting Illini Army ROTC at the University of Illinois. Forging strong leaders since 1868. Now, here is your host, Colin Likas.
1: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the U of I ROTC. Let's try that again. (laughs) Surf Pro Prep Football Confidential Radio Show, powered by U of I Army ROTC. We have two sponsors. You got to get them in order. Actually, I think I ended last week 's show by mixing up the sponsors in in order too so it 's fitting that we start this one with the wrong order as well.
2: Just get their names in column that's all that, that, that is
1: all they probably care about you 've uh, heard the voice of Matt Daniels sports editor filling in more or less at least from a vocal perspective for Joey Wright tonight. He will be. Uh, back next week. Kathy Riser on the board tonight. Kathy also filling in for Joey for his, uh, non vocal part of the show. <laughs> Although if Kathy wants to chip in on the football side, we will certainly welcome that as well. But Kathy,
2: Kathy's mailbag.
1: Huh? Yeah, exactly. So, so if you, if you have any mailbag questions, yeah. I guess you could send those in too. But we are definitely going to talk some high school football for the next hour here. Uh, We're going to kick off with Muhammad Seymour, coach John Adkins, who weighed in yesterday. Their team always practices from 6 to 8 p.m. during weekdays, so couldn't have him live on the show tonight, but got some good thoughts from him leading up to their Week 3 game against Mount Zion. We're also going to be joined later on in the show by Salt Fork football coach Joe Hagman, Paxton Buckley-Loda football coach Josh Pritchard, as well as a trio of Centennial football players Donovan Chambers, Jacob Bailey, and Joel Myrick coming off of last week's big win over Peoria Manual, in which the Chargers scored 55 unanswered points. We'll also unveil our latest offensive line of the week, as well as our top 10 that will appear in Thursday's News Gazette. So that's it. We really have no time to waste (laughs) in this hour-long show that has three breaks. So let's go ahead and jump into our first segment. As I said, John Adkins, Mohamed Seymour football coach. His team is coming off a 35-14 win over Effingham in Week 2. Let's hear what he had to say about the Bulldogs leading into Week 3. Glad to be joined now in the Surf Pro Prep Football Confidential Radio Show, powered by the U of I Army ROTC by Muhammad Seymour football coach, John Adkins, whose program is coming off a double-digit score victory over Effingham last week, improving to 2-0 and overall on the young season. John, thanks so much for being part of our show this week.
3: Yeah, thanks, Con. I appreciate you having me.
1: And, John, we've asked a lot of you uh, early on in this season. You're part of our first-ever uh, the program, basically, our kind of play on the, the the whole hard knock series we've been highlighting you for the last few weeks in Tuesday's news Gazette. And we're getting kind of meta here, having me talk to you about this, but just going through this, we're highlighting different parts of your guys' program and what makes the Bulldogs tick each week. How how exciting has this kind of been for you to, to show off the program in this way?
3: Yeah, it's been awesome. You know, again, any any time that we get a chance to to showcase, you know, our kids. Uh, per se, you know, and and all their hard work and effort, and then, on top of that, like you said you 're kind of taking it a step further, and we 're getting community members involved, and we 're getting coaches wives and and assistant coaches and bus drivers and field maintenance people again it 's just awesome for our community as a whole to to kind of get that recognition um you know like you said uh, about our program as a whole because it does it 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 takes an entire village. Um, to, to be successful and like I said you guys are doing an awesome job and we appreciate it of of kind of highlighting uh, those behind the scenes people that maybe don't get as much recognition as you know the touchdowns that are in the paper
1: you guys are making us look good so far for for choosing you to highlight because you're 2-0 and as I said uh, coming off a 35-14 win over Effingham to open Apollo Conference play you scored the first 28 points against the Flaming Hearts uh, 457 yards against a 168. I mean, just looking at the stats, it felt like everything kind of went the way you would want it to in a game like this. Uh, is that how the eye test showed it as well? <laughs>
3: well, I, I will say we, we did some things. Well, um, we, we certainly did on both sides of the ball. Again, I, I was extremely proud of our coaching staff um, for the adjustments that they made. And, and then certainly our kids, Um, You know, buying in and and executing those adjustments. Um, So you're right from a stats perspective, it it certainly looks good. And again, anytime you can get a win um, is always a good thing. You know, it was still week two and, and we could tell at times, you know, we still have some things we have to clean up and some mistakes we have to fix. Uh, but again, after two weeks, you know, we're, we feel like we're playing pretty good football for the most part. And, and as long as we continue to come back to work each day, um, you know, we're going to continue to keep getting better and, and continue on this journey um, and, and try to reach our goals that we have for this program. And looking at the offensive side of the ball, I
1: mean, the goals from the start. You know, before you guys played your first game, we talked to some of your kids. They mentioned how you're looking forward to lighting up the scoreboards. And, you know, when Wyatt Baum goes 16-29 for 311 yards and four touchdowns and has two receivers over 100 yards receiving a piece, uh, that's kind of a recipe for success, I would say. Uh, This offense, uh, is there still room for improvement with this group of guys?
3: Yeah, there's always room for improvement, you know, and until hopefully we're hosting a trophy above our head after week 14, you know, there's always going to be room for improvement.
0: And and again, hats
3: off to Wyatt and our offense as a whole. I was proud of a lot of things. Um, that they did Friday night. Effingham is a great ball club, and and they did some things to us in the box defensively that kind of gave us some fits and and some troubles. And and you'll notice, you know, we kind of struggled to get the running game going there in the first half. Uh, again, due due to some coaching, you know, adjustments and 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 player adjustments, you know, we were came we came out in the second half and and were able to fix that and felt really good about our, our running game in in the second half. But again, you know, we had to make some adjustments because of what Effingham was doing, and and certainly Wyatt, you know, and our skill kids were involved in that. Um, you know, they they were blitzing a lot, bringing a lot of pressure. Wyatt was kind of under duress at times. Uh, But, again, anytime he's got the ball in his hands, uh, you know he's going to make something happen. And, again, he, he stood in there and delivered a couple nice balls. Uh, One of them down the sideline to Quentin Rogers toe tap. It was a great play. Uh, The long touchdown pass he had to value while she was rolling left and threw back right. Just incredible plays. And then certainly, like I said, you know, our coaching staff made some adjustments and and, and threw some nice screen calls uh, at the right time, again, due to all of their blitzing that they were doing. Um, And like I said, anytime we can get our our athletes the ball in space, uh, they're bound to determine and make some things happen
1: talking about John Adkins, Muhammad Seymour football coach. And the way you just described that to me, obviously what Wyatt can do throwing the ball and what Quentin and Valiant Walsh can do, uh, you know, both receiving and just playmaking in general is huge to what this offense wants to do, as is Luke Johnson's rushing abilities. But it sounds to me like those offensive linemen, those big boys up front, got a really good test against Effingham And it seems like they deserve some some praise moving forward, especially considering the schedule is not going to get any easier for you guys.
3: Yeah, absolutely and and certainly we can talk about you know the the gauntlet that that we've had to go through and and still are going to go through uh as far as the schedule is concerned but you're absolutely right man those 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 big guys up front they they played an incredible ball game Friday night and 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 certainly that's why you know we 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 have the the dogs of the week um essentially a spin off off of players of the game um and our dogs of the week this week were were our three interior linemen our, our center Tyson Finch Uh, left guard McCain Didier and right guard Marshall Bacher. And again, you know, everybody can look at the stats and and say maybe it should have been Wyatt or Quentin or Val or or Luke or whatever. Um, But man, those three kids, they played an incredible ball game um, on Friday. Again, under all the duress that they were under and, and the twists and stunts that they had to pick up. And then, like I said, for as much screens as we throw, those three release on on every screenplay that we have and again you see the highlights marshall's downfield tyson and mccain are downfield making great blocks on on dvs and corners and linebackers and again just extremely proud of our offensive unit as a whole our coaching staff and then certainly in this case uh those five guys up front and then switching to the defensive side looking at the sheet from effingham uh, just some names
1: of guys that maybe we don't hear or see as much. Ben Wagner, type of the team lead in tackles and also at a sack. Donovan Lewis with a sack. Javon Irwin with a sack. Uh, this, this multifaceted defense, yet again, really impressing for you guys. And it just seems that it's spreading uh, throughout pretty much anybody you put on the field.
3: Yeah, I mean, you you said it best there. And and again, as as explosive and and as talented as our offense is, and they are, don't get me wrong. Um, I've said it since day number one. I I think I think our better side of the ball is is our defensive side. And and like you said, you know, the names of of Jack Alier and, and Mateo Casillas and. And certainly Nick Golden, you know, we had some unsung heroes that we knew were going to have breakout seasons. And in this case, you know, breakout first, you know, week one and and week two games. Uh, I mentioned to everybody before the season started, I can't wait for them to watch uh, you know, Ben Wagner and, and Brendan Hauser play football, uh, our middle linebacker and then our other stack backer opposite of, uh, of Nick. And, you know, I could see, you know, Nick being maybe frustrated um, because his stats certainly aren't what they were last year at, at this time. Um, whereas Ben and, and, and Brennan are kinda getting the the load of the tackle, so to speak. Uh but again that that's a testament to Nick and his ability to play. I shoot, I wouldn't run at Nick. Uh I would certainly run to to the untested uh, or unsung heroes at the time you know to to their side and that's exactly what's happened through week one and week two and and those kids are making those plays and so again you know they're eventually going to have to kind of pick their poison and do I still run at Brennan and, and, and Ben or do I go back and, and try to run at the honorable mention you know all stater and and again it, it, it's It's tough. It's extremely tough to go against our defense. You know, you mentioned the the addition of Donovan Lewis and just what he's done for our secondary, flying around in in the backfield and making some plays on some balls in the air. Uh, Just couldn't be prouder of of that side of the ball. Again, our coaching staff, Coach Coach Murphy and Coach Lewis doing an incredible job uh, with that that side of the ball, those group of guys, uh, and just look to continue that success as we move forward, team. John Agnes,
1: mom, a Seymour football coach. You can catch his team at Mount Zion on Friday night, week three, Apollo Conference game, trying to go 3-0 and on the season are the Bulldogs. John, thanks again for being part of our show, and uh, good luck on Friday night.
3: Appreciate it, Colin. Thank you.
4: Butcher, when an electrical fire in your office causes extensive smoke and fire damage, or that musty odor indicates you might have a mold problem, you need a lot more than just help cleaning up. That's why SurfPro of Champagne Urbana is your one-stop shop when disaster strikes. We offer all the cleanup and construction services to take your home or business from post-disaster to as good as new as soon as possible. So no matter what happens, you only need to make one call. Call SurfPro of Champagne Urbana at 217 to see how we can help you make it like it never even happened.
0: The <laughs> cat If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to start your journey than at the University of Illinois Army ROTC program. Whether your goal is to cure deadly diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, Army ROTC can help make your goals a reality. Become a leader and serve your country, all without sacrificing your college experience. Students who enroll in Army ROTC are eligible for merit-based scholarships, tuition waivers, plus a monthly stipend for personal expenses. Visit publish.illinois.edu to learn more about the University of Illinois Army ROTC.
1: Hi, I'm Joey Wright. This Friday on the Light Rock 97.5 and News Gazette High School football game of the week, Villa Grove host Arthur Lovington-Atwood-Hammond and Illini commit Caden Fagan. Here at all this Friday on our sister station, Light Rock 97.5, starting at 6.45
0: p.m. This week's Surf Pro Champagne and Vermillion County High School Prep Football Confidential continues now on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5, powered by the Fighting Illini Army ROTC at the University of Illinois.
1: 614, welcome back to the Surf Pro Prep Football Confidential Show, powered by U of I Army ROTC. I am Colin Likus with Matt Daniels and Kathy Reiser. You're with us for another 45 minutes or so plenty more prep football to talk about. Uh, of course, we'll make mention, as Joey Wright, the disembodied voice of Joey Wright, said, our, our next uh, News Gazette game of the week on the radio, coming on Friday night in Villa Grove when the Blue Devils host Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond in what projects as an intriguing Lincoln Prairie Conference game. You can see a line I commit, Caden Fagan, and you can find out who the News Gazette staff picked to win that game <laughs> in tomorrow's paper, as that's one of the ten games that go into our weekly predictions. It's Who'd you pick?
2: Uh, I, th- <laughs> I think I'm going with Villa Grove. I did too. Going. Uh, I was copying Colin's picks after he went ten and zero last week. I disagreed on a few, but uh, <laughs> I like what Heath Wilson's program can do. And uh, if this podcast find if this show and, and podcast find its way down to Arthur, I'm sure the Knights will have some. Some bulletin board material, but it's pretty split among our panel. It's mm-hmm. not uh, yep. lopsided by any means, so looking forward to that game.
1: Yeah, one game that we didn't pick this week, although that probably would have made for some interesting picking, is Salt Fork against Seneca. Both of those teams 2-0 and to start the season. Uh, should be a really interesting Saturday game in a Vermilion Valley Conference crossover, and we are joined now by one of the coaches who will be on the sidelines for those games, Storm coach Joe Hagman, who, as I said, their team is 2-0. and Coming off a win last week over Moments, 42-7. to Joe, thanks so much for being part of the show this week.
4: Thank you, Colin. Appreciate it.
1: I know when you guys came in for our media days uh, early last month, uh, we talked about the expectations for this team. The fact that you guys are off to a 2-0 start, but also you've uh, racked up 90 points in those two games. You've allowed a total of uh, 26 points defensively. Is this about as good as you expected, or is there more on the table for this group?
4: Um, You know, I've been real pleased with how we started. Um, You know, I think, uh, uh, you know, offensively, we just had to replace a few bodies up front and and get the offensive line gelled together. And, you know, defensively, we brought back um, a lot of players on defense. Um, And so, you know, I kind of felt like we should be pretty good on that side of the ball. Um, I think – I think if our kids will keep working, I, I, I think they're, they're, I think there's some room for improvement. But we're definitely off to a good start. And like I said, for the first two games of the year, I'm very pleased with the way we play.
2: Joe, who wins in a 40-yard dash? You are one of your running backs? <laughs> <laughs>
4: Them every day of the week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How nice is it to have just the speed you have there and, and Ben Jessup, Ethan McClain, others that, that you can uh, you know hand the ball off to?
4: Uh, you know, it's a huge difference maker. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, obviously certainly it's something that, uh, you know, is not a, not, not something we're, we're coaching. You know, they were, they came in that way and, and, you know, and they can, uh, they can take uh, a simple play and turn it into a big play. And as a, as, you know, as a play caller, it's a great luxury to have.
1: Uh, sticking with the offensive side of the ball, Jamison Remley, your starting quarterback this year, um, he hasn't had to throw the ball a ton, but the fact that he's five of seven for 132 and two touchdowns through two games, I mean, this just bodes well. I feel like down the line, I, I know you're going to probably want to lean into that running attack, especially with how talented those running backs are for you guys, but. Uh, Jameson seems like the type of kid who, if you guys get in a spot where the run game is struggling to get going, he can make some things happen with the receivers like Garrett Taylor, Ethan McLean, and Brayden Maskell. Uh,
4: Jameson Jameson is a is a has really good arm talent. Uh, you know, as a sophomore, um, we were interested to see how he would handle you know the the pressure playing you know varsity football, and he has uh, you know definitely exceeded expectations in the first two games. Uh, You know, the nice thing when you have a good staple of running backs, when you have a young quarterback is you can protect him a little bit early and, you know, set up play action. So his his throws are just, you know, that much easier early in the season, get him a little confidence. And, you know, I think as Jameson continues to play and and grow into that position, um, you know, our ability to throw the ball will only, I think, increase as we move forward.
2: Joe, how important was it for you guys to get off to such a great start last Friday night at She come away with a 42-7 win, and I believe it was 34-0 uh, late in the first quarter. Just what did that able to do just to maybe rest some of your starters and I'm sure have just a, a happy bus ride back to uh, to Catlin?
4: Well, you know, when we talked to the kids about, you know, uh, dealing with the road trip, um, you know, we, we didn't fare very well with those at the end of last year. And so, you know, we kind of challenged them a little bit, headed up there, and, you know, to, to come off the bus ready to play and to get off to a good start. And, and, you know, I'll give, uh, I'll give our kids a lot of credit. They met that challenge and, and I would say exceeded, you know, our expectations as far as getting off to a good start. But yeah, it's, it's, it was great to see. And like I said, it, w- it was nice to be able to, A, get some of the older kids off fields, let them rest a little bit and also get some of the young kids that, you know, just have to practice a lot and don't get to play a ton on Friday or Saturday night, to, you know, get them out there, let them play a little bit.
1: Talking with Salt Fork football coach Joe Hagman. And, uh, Joe, one guy I mentioned is a receiving option for Jamison Remily, of course, is Garrett Taylor, uh, the individual who I'm sure terrifies opposing <laughs> defenses as a tight end and terrifies opposing offenses as a linebacker. 6'6", 255, two-time shot put state champion. Master of the amazing sunburn that we saw. The gnarliest (laughs) gnarliest sunburn I think we've ever seen from State Track. Yeah. From Garrett Taylor. Just just an all-around tough kid. Really nice kid, but really tough, physical, athletic kid. To have a kid like that at your disposal, I know you have a lot of good athletes on this team, but to have a kid like that who is just so dynamic as an athlete, how much of a game-changer is he for Salt Fork football?
4: Oh, you know, it's huge. I mean, you know, like I said, you know, offensively, he presents a, a huge target he's you know he's a matchup problem and you know won a football because of his size and his athleticism to catch the ball and then you know when you turn it around to the other side he's uh you know he's a he's a hard he's a hard kid to get blocked because of his size and his wingspan um and you know he uh you definitely see in him he you know he's the youngest of three brothers and you can see you know that you know that competitive drive in the family and you know he you could tell that maybe growing up that uh when he wasn't always the biggest, maybe he got he got the, the short end of the stick a little bit and he's uh he's definitely uh, making up for that now.
2: Well Joe, you guys host Seneca this this Saturday at at one PM in in Catlin. I already had a Saturday game uh in, in your week one game against Dwight, a forty eight thirteen win for, for you in the storm. Four Saturday games this fall, I guess what do you and the coaches do on Friday nights when you guys play Saturday and what's that like having so many Saturday games?
4: Well, you know, it's definitely odd, um, uh, you know, because of the you no know, school and no routine. So, um, you know, on a typical Friday, we'll uh we'll have practice, we'll get the kids together and have a team meal and then mm-hmm. we normally try to go to find some place to scout, but um this Friday we're actually going to have a we're having our second uh evening of K4 flag football, so we got about 75 nice. kindergartners through fourth graders coming out to the High school football field. We're gonna flip on the lights and let them run around, and play a little flight football under the lights with the high school kids.
2: Gotcha. What is that like too? Just having four Saturday games. Just the, uh, obviously, once the playoffs roll around, that's when the majority of the games are. But I'm I'm sure that's just an adjustment for for you and the players, all.
4: It is. You know. I mean. I think. Uh, you know. You know. I. I think. You know. When you when you grow up and you think about f- football and high school football, you think about friday nights and friday night lights and playing under the lights and you know and having to make that adjustment to saturday you know is, is definitely is definitely hard uh, you know hard for the kids i mean i think they enjoy the friday nights um and obviously early in the year you know one of the things uh, from a coaching standpoint that always is a concern is is how much hotter is it going to be mm-hmm. on saturday at noon or one o'clock as opposed to seven o'clock in the evening when the sun's starting to go down and so you know making sure your kids are Prepared to you know, battle through the heat situations also is is another challenge it presents that and, early in the year.
1: And just looking at your opponent across the field for that game, Joe, a Seneca team that sounds to be highly improved. I was told coming into the season to kind of expect them to be a team to watch for in that VVC North conference, and so far they've kind of lived up to that billing. Uh, you guys had a pretty good run of things going in the VVC North last year. I'm uh, pretty sure you finished undefeated in the VVC North games, if I'm not mistaken. But what do you know about this Seneca team, and what's kind of the game plan for trying to slow them down?
4: Um, you know, they—they they are. You know, they played a bunch of young kids last year. It was it was a very sophomore and junior laden team. They're a T formation, you know, kind of almost foot to foot, old school type football team, and you know what they run is is uh, you know is. It's not overly complicated, but man they they're well coached and they run it really well offensively and it's they hide the ball it's hard to find the ball um you know I think the quarterback they have coming back is is one of the best we'll see all year uh as far as not only his ability to handle the ball but just his overall athleticism. they're a year bigger and stronger up front um you know, I think the biggest difference last year was we scored right before half got a kickoff start second half, kind of expanded into a two touchdown lead. And then actually forced a fumble on the ensuing kickoff and got you know got away from them a little bit and tried to and that forced them offensively maybe into doing things that they're not as comfortable doing. But you know that's a that's a really talented football team. I you know I really I really think that's a three a three a playoff football team come the end of the year. And and I kind of agree. I mean I think that you know they definitely are a threat to win the northern half of that conference. So you know like I said it's a it'll be a I think it'll be a great high school football game Saturday.
2: Obviously, coaching runs in your family, Joe. Just how much fun are you having with your dad, Spud, still uh, associated with Salt Fork football? Uh,
4: You know, it's it's. uh, Does he give the head coach any grief at all? (laughs) (laughs) No, but he uh, no he doesn't. He's pretty good. Uh, No, he uh, he always offers advice, but never too much grief. Uh, You know, it's just what what a great experience to be able to you know to be able to coach with my dad still and you know how long he's been doing it and you know it's amazing to see uh you know here's a guy who's 53 years on the sidelines and you know the, our, our kids have treat him with the utmost respect and when he speaks they listen and you know it's just uh it's it's uh, personally it's it's very satisfying but you know for him i know that how much he enjoys being around the kids and being out there and like i said if you know if you think about 53 years it's kind of amazing to think about somebody being in one place that long and doing something that long
1: Joe Higman, Salt Fork football coach. you can catch his team in week three on Saturday afternoon, 1 p.m. in Catlin against Seneca. Joe, thanks again for making some time, and good luck to you and the boys on Saturday afternoon.
4: Thank you, guys. I appreciate it very much, Colin. You have a good day. Yeah, you too, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Bye now.
1: Well, uh, Salt Fork just might check in in the first half of our top ten countdown this week, which we'll go ahead and dive into before we take our next break. Uh, just looking outside, I just saw some Tuscola offensive linemen come in, and uh not going to have them on the radio tonight, but they were the honorees last week as our uh, offensive line of the week and uh glad to announce right now that we just had Joe on the radio for Salt Fork. The storm are going to be our offensive <laughs> line of the week this week, so congratulations to Salt Fork We're going to recognize some storm athletes, hopefully in studio uh next Wednesday. And uh, we'll just keep on keeping on, have the U of I ROTC recognize these athletes and uh, all the great work they're doing in the trenches uh, because, you know, as as Matt and I are aware and everybody else is aware, offensive linemen don't tend to get a lot of credit in the newspaper.
2: Sometimes they're the best talkers on a team, though.
1: That is absolutely true. Uh, That tends to happen quite a bit, I feel like. Look at Illinois, guys like Alex Palczewski and Doug Kramer have kind of Mm -hmm. proven that to be the case over the years. Well, let's go ahead and uh, jump into our top 10 countdown before we uh, get started, or before we take our next break, I should say. Uh, Our number 10 team this week, it's the Danville Vikings. They managed to stay in the rankings because they played pretty competitively with uh, a really good Peoria team in Week 2 before suffering a 36-16 loss. Uh, Danville tries to get back on track with their first road game of the season at an improved Peoria manual team. And our number nine team is Iroquois West. The Raiders are two and zero. They uh, ran past Oakwood last week to come, jump back in our rankings. Try to keep it going this week against Georgetown on the road. And our number seven team this week is Tuscola. The Warriors. They are two and zero as well. They have an interesting matchup in week three. They're going to visit Sullivan Okaw Valley, which is two and zero. Team that uh, hadn't won a game since 2016, and all of a sudden they are undefeated through two weeks. Uh, Our number 7 team this week, you can't discount the Unity Rockets, even though they lost their Week 1 game. They bounced back really nicely against St. Joseph Ogden in Week 2, posted a 50-7 victory that I was on the sidelines for. Um, Yeah, the Rockets just looked really dominant in that game, and uh, they're going to try to look dominant again in their home opener at Hicks Field against Chillicothe this week. And then our number 6 team, as we just mentioned with their coach, the Salt Fork Storm, uh, the Storm looking at a 2-0 and record and a home game against Seneca in Week 3. And that's all we got before our next break. I don't know if you wanted to weigh in at all, no, Matt, on could. any of those five <laughs> rankings. G- yeah. Jim, back in the day, would usually just tell me how the bad range, yeah. the rankings were, so yeah. I was kind of like waiting for no, that a little it, bit. It, it's all solid. It's, it's <laughs> the first two
2: weeks of the season, so your teams are still trying to figure out where they are in, in the pecking order, and, and we are as well. I think, obviously, we have a clear-cut number of teams at the top of our rankings, but kind of 6 through 10 spots are kind of interchangeable right now. It's basically who out, who goes out and performs well on, on Friday nights or Saturday afternoons in the case of Salt Fork. So we'll, right. we'll see what happens this week in Week 3.
1: Absolutely. Let's go ahead and take our second break here on the Surf Pro Prep Football Confidential powered by U of I Army ROTC. When we come back, we'll be joined by Paxton buckley Lota football coach Josh Pritchard.
0: You're listening to the Call of Campaign in Travillian County High School Prep Football Confidential Show on News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Powered by the Fighting Illini Army ROTC at the University of Illinois.
1: Thank you to Gene Honda for providing that intro. As always, it is 6.30 and we are back with our latest edition of the U of I serve pro everybody prep football confidential radio show because i can't get the sponsors in order
2: you'll get it down by the end of season yeah maybe it's It's debatable serve pro prep football (laughs) confidential powered by u of i army rotc yeah it's a mouthful yeah
1: you got to say it like four or five times a show, we and should, occasionally you just put it in a reverse on accident. We'll have but, Josh
2: Pritchard say it after his interview. Yeah, we, uh, right. we
1: have, uh, speaking of the U of I Army ROTC, we have Dan Johnson, our uh, ROTC representative, out uh, right outside this office right now recognizing five Tuscola offensive linemen, and uh, he'll be doing the same hopefully next week, four or five Salt Fork offensive linemen as our latest offensive line of the week.
2: They each got medals.
1: They did. I, I didn't know. I thought there was going to be one group medal. I didn't know it was going to be five individual medals, so five. very cool
2: five to skull offensive lineman who pancake blocked me on the way to get the medals <laughs> all, all wearing hawaiian shirts By yeah the way. they
1: they they lined up in the order of their line and order of positions and all wore hawaiian shirts very yeah. festive i really really appreciate that cohesion so. cohesion thanks to coach andy romine for having those guys down Let's uh, go ahead and... You
2: got something, man. No, I'm going to oh. say they, they came up. Oh, yeah, Not you're right.
1: Down, so I always sorry. say come down. It's kind of like a net. I don't know. Some Ge- people... Geography. I think some people naturally say come up. Some people naturally say come down. I, I guess I'm a come down guy. I don't know why. Uh, crown
2: point native
1: it was below chicago so <laughs> uh let's jump into the next segment of our show here tonight uh, Paxson buckley loda is off to a 2-0 and start this season most recently defeating sparta in the panthers lone non-conference game of the regular season 47 to nothing glad to be joined now by panthers coach josh pritchard josh thanks so much for being part of the program tonight
5: yeah thanks for having me
1: well, 2-0, I mean, I know this team had high expectations. It's had high expectations ever since you took over a few years ago, right before the pandemic struck. Uh, how have you felt about the way the guys have looked? I mean, I know the Chili Coffee game in Week 1 was a, a close one, a good test, and you guys kind of ran past Sparta in Week 2. Uh, it's looking good so far from the outside. How does it look from the inside?
5: You know, right, 2-0 is kind of where you want to be through two weeks, so we're not too upset about that. But I think every coach will tell you, you know, there's things we have to fix and we got to get better at all along but it was nice to see week one you know we went down 14 points early and to kind of battle back there and have the lead at halftime was was pretty incredible because usually you just don't know what you have week one and we uh, we were in for a test so it was really nice
2: josh you got bloomington central catholic uh coming to paxton on on friday night obviously a great tradition that bcc has over the years they're 2-0 and just like you guys just how are you and the panthers just approaching this uh this friday night at all
5: yeah, we know we have to contain them. That's for sure because they've put they've put like a hundred and fifteen <laughs> points on the board in two games or something crazy like that. So um, they're, they're really, really, really talented and are really athletic. So we've just kind of been preaching to our kids that we have to we have to try to control them a little bit and t- keep them off the scoreboard as much as we possibly can. Um, you know, we the way we lost that game last year was kind of a, a different way that we really don't want to talk about too much. Um, but that's in the back of our kids' mind. So hopefully, you know, we have them fired up, ready to go. Josh, what's it like to obviously?
2: Uh, what PBL football has accomplished throughout its history is, is pretty impressive, and in this more recent history under you and, and your predecessor Jeff Graham, I mean, every year you guys are in the mix and in the playoffs and getting postseason bursts at all. Just what's it like, kind of elevating the program and also competing at the same time with some of the the programs that you have to go against each Friday night in the Atlanta Prairie Conference?
5: You know, I think that's what every program wants—is to kind of be recognized not just in their area but but across the state mm-hmm. as as a team that. You know, people have to kind of worry about and look at, but that's just a testament to what Coach Graham did before I even got here. Kind of like you said is, you know, these kids are football kids and here at this school, we expect to win football games. Um, we don't, we don't like to lose. Obviously, I don't think anybody does, but it's just one of those the kids, the kids feed into that. And I think any coach will tell you the more success you have that that brings more kids out that keeps people going. And you know, the whole goal is to try to get as far as you can in the playoffs. And eventually maybe we tip it and we can make the state title.
1: Talking with Paxton Buckley, loto of football coach Josh Pritchard. One thing we didn't really mention, we talked about it during media days when you guys were in here uh, earlier last month uh, the home games. Both of your games so far have been at home, right along I 57. And week three is going to be at home, week five at home, week six at home, week eight at home. No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we, we talked, uh, we talked before about, you know, how you guys are hoping that that can be an advantage that, that leads you to a, a healthy playoff seed, hosting a first round game at the very least, but just. Talk to us a little bit about getting to play at such a unique uh, stadium, a unique setup. You're right along I-57. you got those semi-trucks and, and other vehicles whizzing past you basically throughout the course of the night. Do, do you feel like other teams, when they come in, they're almost kind of intimidated having to play on that field?
5: No, I don't know about the overly intimidated, but it is a unique situation. Like you said, you can literally stand on 57 and throw the football to our end zone if you got a strong enough arm. Um, but, yeah, we were blessed with six home games. It was something that uh, doesn't happen most places. So we've been really lucky, and anytime you don't have to travel, I think it kind of keeps your kids a little bit more focused. Um, So we're definitely using that to our advantage, and you know the home crowd's always nice too.
1: Can anybody on the team throw the ball that far?
5: (laughs) Um, You know, I've not put anybody on the highway, and I don't think we're going to check it. But you know, we've got a couple (laughs) kids I got that can probably let loose. Uh, I'm sure some of my linemen would tell you that they should be the quarterback, but. realistically, you know, we're not going to find out too much. Anybody that knows we like to run the football here anyways.
1: That's true. Yeah, when you talk about running the football, I mean, you graduated a healthy senior class last season, so you knew you were going to have to find somebody to start running the football who was probably a little bit younger and that's turned out to be a sophomore in Robert Boyd Means. Uh 5'10, 185. I know you you probably had some good expectations for him, but it just seems like he's warmed to being a varsity player so quickly. Are you surprised with how frequently he's been able to find the end zone so far this fall?
5: I wouldn't say surprised. I think you know when we talked in the summer, I kind of alluded to that we got a pretty special one coming. Um, you know, but but it's still a 15 year old kid that you just don't know what they're going to be able to do against 17, 18 year olds. And you know, he, he's he's taken to it. He's not afraid of contact. He's not afraid to to carry the ball. I think the first week he carried the ball almost 20 times. Um, we, we're obviously trying to take some hits off of him. Uh, but he, he's he 's really special, and you know that I think he 'll tell you offensive line opening up holes and him being able to run really fast is really nice. Um, it makes coaching him a little bit easier that because here 's the ball run fast, make a move, and you know I call that genius coaching when you get the best player ball. <laughs> <as> well.
2: <laughs> well Josh, I covered your team 's uh, playoff game at, at Unity last fall, and I, I thought of pretty much all the games that Unity had leaned up to their state title game against Byron. you guys gave them the, their toughest run for their money and a key part of that was uh, your guys' defense, uh, obviously Caden Snelling's back, but, but who else on your defense are you really seeing some strides so far this year and, and want to just see even more as, as the season progresses?
5: Yeah, you know, we return an all-conference defensive lineman and Aaron Kavaij, mm-hmm. who, you know, when you got 260 down there playing our odd front that we do, um, and then we have another senior that we brought back and Kendall Swanson too, and we were pretty blessed to get back another senior kid on the, on the defensive lineman who hadn't played football for the last year, but he decided to come out a senior. So it's really nice when you could put some beef up front. Um, and then our outside linebackers have, we've been really pleasantly surprised with, you know, Ty Graham's a senior and he's been waiting his turn to kind of get out on the varsity football field. He's just always had an upperclassman above him. Um, and he's really shined at the outside linebacker spot. And so it's just nice when, when kids want to play defense, when they want to hit, they want to tackle, you know, that makes coaching it a lot easier.
2: And just what's it like to obviously tough week one game against a, a good Chillicothe team that you guys are able to, to hold on there at the end and then coming off a of week two pretty convincing win against Sparta 47 nothing how do you just kind of balance the kids Expectations and keep them humble and grounded going into Friday night against a, a good BCC
5: team Well, we're realistic. We always have to improve um, somewhere along that line no matter how many points we're giving up or not giving up um, You can just turn on the film for BCC and just see the athletes that they have and the speed that they have on the outside Um, You know, they really haven't had a competitive ball game either. They've been up quickly and uh, often. So it's just one of the kids, like, they know we got to contain those kids because they can hit us at any time, Um, but our kids take to our game plan really well. And I feel like our coaching staff does a good job of trying to put our kids in the best situation possible.
1: Feel like one guy who we haven't really mentioned yet who should have a big say if you guys are able to knock off BCC on Friday. Gonna be Caden Snelling, a kid who we've talked about as an all state caliber athlete pretty much since his sophomore season during the, the shortened COVID season of the spring 2021. Uh, receiver, linebacker. I think he's probably a little better known for his linebacking exploits. For those who aren't familiar with what Caden Snelling brings to the table, why is this a kid who is representing Paxton, buckley Lota as a, an, an all-state contender year in and year out?
5: You know, it's nice to have you know six two, six three, two two fifteen in the middle. You know he uh, during, he first started. He played actually in the quarterfinal season on some special teams and some pass rush stuff in twenty nineteen. Um, and then as a sophomore, we kind of said he had to play Mike Backer. But uh, we all know how that, that, that season went when we had to play in the spring. And, you know, he had put a few pounds on. He'll tell you that. So he's, he's really thinned out, which has allowed him to play um, a little faster and everything like that. But he, he takes to our game plan really well and kind of flies around. And, you know, he can make you know, somebody that has a mistake. Um, he, he can fix that form pretty quickly just because he's, he's that talented. And the one thing I always say, he's such a high-motor kid. If you turn on the film, whether they've thrown bubbles to the outside or they have some type of inside trap or anything along the line, he's somewhere in that screen because he's just hustling. He doesn't take plays off, uh, and you know he, he, when he wants to come, he can bring it.
1: Josh Pritchard, Paxton Buckley Auto football coach. His team will be hosting Bloomington Central Catholic on Friday night along I-57, so if you want to drive back and forth repeatedly instead of paying a small <laughs> amount of money to enter, you can probably catch most of the game. Josh, thanks so much for being part of the show again.
5: I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. Thanks, Josh.
1: Thank you. Always good to talk Panthers football. And, uh, you know, Prairie Central, Fired seem, up. Prairie Central seems like a team to beat in the Illinois Prairie. But Jackson, buckley overlook Don't is overlook not PBL. one to overlook. No, so. exactly. They they
2: get that rap sometimes of, uh, you know, being more of a basketball school or hmm. baseball school. But certainly in the last 10 years or so, that uh, – that reputation is, has trans, translated, and mm-hmm. uh, obviously they're, I, I it would not shock me at all if they run through the, no. the Illini Prairie and, and put up a, a fight for a conference title this fall.
1: Definitely helps that they get to play BCC, Prairie Central, and Unity at home. That, that, that is not
2: going to hurt their The golfers. back half of their schedule, it's kind of like Illinois' schedule. Oh yeah, It's loaded it's in the rough. back half. It's but, rough. Uh, last year, what really caught my eye with the Panthers was their, their win against Monticello. I believe mm-hmm. that was week seven. Yes. Yes. And uh, that was just a stunning comeback and Mm -hmm. and really kind of, I think, gave them a lot of confidence and and energy to prove that they can play with teams in the Atlanta prairie Conference and and win close games too.
1: Absolutely. And you might notice we haven't mentioned PBL yet in our Top 10 Countdown. When we come back from our last break, we will. It's called a tease. Yes, we will mention the Panthers along with four other programs. uh, So go ahead and stay tuned for that. Also, make sure you stay tuned because we're going to have three Centennial football players in studio live talking about the Chargers' big win last week.
0: If you're looking to make an impact, there's no bigger place to start your journey than at the University of Illinois Army ROTC program. Whether your goal is to cure deadly diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, Army ROTC can help you make your goals a reality, become a leader, and serve your country all without sacrificing your college experience. Students who enroll in Army ROTC are eligible for merit-based scholarships tuition waivers, plus a monthly stipend for personal expenses. Visit publish.illinois.edu to learn more about the University of Illinois Army ROTC.
1: It is 6.44, and we are back with the Prep Football Confidential Show, powered by U of I Army ROTC. I am Colin Lykus with Matt Daniels and Kathy Reiser. You are with us for the last 15 minutes here as we talk a little bit more high school football going into week three of the regular season. It's been a great two weeks so far, and we're not quite done yet preparing for week three. We just had three Centennial football players join us in studio, and we are going to hear from the three of them very shortly. But before that we're going to finish our top ten countdown for this week. You you,
2: this the countdown, Colin. <laughs> you have to have some tenure on this part of the countdown, Colin, because there's some uh, chargers in here that uh <laughs> I think could tackle all of
1: us. That's right. And I planned I planned accordingly, so uh to, to make sure they didn't tackle me. That was that was the hope. Uh let's go ahead and run it down here. We already had our ten through six as a reminder that was Danville, Iroquois West, Tuscola, Unity and Salt Fork. Checking in at number five, it's the Bismarck-Henning-Rossville-Alvin-Blue Devils. They are 2-0, and o, have romped past both of their opponents, and will try to do the same to Watsika in week three on the road. Our number four team this week is the Paxton Buckley-Lota Panthers. You just heard from Coach Josh Pritchard. His team also 2-0, and o, hosting Bloomington Central Catholic on Friday. Our number three team, we heard a little bit about them earlier on. It's the Prairie Central Hawks. Prairie Central is 2-0. They knocked off Pontiac, scoring 55 points last week. They're going to host St. Joseph Ogden over in Fairbury in Week 3. That should be an interesting game. Our number 2 team this week got their athletes in studio. It's the Centennial Chargers. They are 2-0. They defeated Peoria Manual 69-20 last week over at Tommy Stewart Field. So we'll hear a fair amount about that coming up here. They're going to be hosting Peoria Richwoods at the same location this coming Friday night. And our number one team remaining at number one, once again, it's the Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs. Bulldogs sitting at 2-0. They defeated Effingham at 35-14 in Apollo Conference play last week. And they'll try to stay perfect with their toughest test yet when they go to Mountain Zion on Friday for a Week 3 game. So that's our top ten. You can read a little bit more in Thursday's News Gazette about why exactly each of those teams is ranked where they are. And uh, you can always call in or email in to debate with us about why the teams ended up where they are. Well, uh, Centennial, probably pretty happy with the number two spot, but they want to get to number one still for sure. And we're joined by three athletes who are going to be part of making that happen. Donovan Chambers, Jacob Bailey, and Joel Myrick. Guys, thank you for joining me in studio today. No problem. And uh Donovan I'm going to lead off with you all just uh 69 to 20 I mean you're six, I mean the the score it, it feels yeah. like you know it was a blowout the whole way yeah. but you're down 20 to 14 and then 55 consecutive points did you guys
6: believe you had something like that in you? Uh no nah, just being out there on the field uh most of those downs out there it was definitely a uh, sort of a stall at that moment when we went down 20 to 14 we all had a moment where a doubt crept in and once you do that you're not only hurting yourself but you're helping out the other team and so there was um we kinda went back on kickoff, had a had a good play, but then we had a flag take us back down within a ten. Uh very next play on offense, Kellen Davis, our quarterback, threw a good route, uh good pass to me, right over the DB. I was able to score a touchdown and from there we just kept rolling. Got a lot of um turnovers on special teams, turnovers on defense, was able to make it happen and score, I think eight times in, in like nine minutes or something like that. So, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a big turnover.
1: That's absolutely crazy. Just uh, the logistics of that almost seems impossible, but you guys managed to pull it off. Uh, Jacob, I mean, not that long ago we were talking about this team giving up 96 points to Peoria in a game, and now you guys are the ones hanging 70 points on a team from Peoria. How exciting has it been to be part of a turnaround that's been just as rapid as this one has been under Coach Kyle Jackson?
0: Uh,
7: It definitely feels good to be able to turn around the organization and be, like, having that much confidence now because it's kind of hard to be one of the worst teams in a conference, and it feels good to finally be on top. Good athletes on our team, a lot of confidence in my team. And, you know, we got good coaching staff, so it's just – a big turnaround for us
1: absolutely and uh, Joel speaking of turnarounds you guys played a Peoria manual team in week two that I think a lot of people when they hear Peoria manual football they think yeah, they're probably not doing very well that's just kind of the way they've been the last few years but they showed in that game at least early on that they, they they're a team to, to reckon with how good did it make you feel to see you guys kind of respond to the way that they played how well they were playing early on and just said you know what we're putting our foot down and we're going to show we're the better team here
8: Oh, well, first of all, we like to treat every game like it's so our last, like mm-hmm. a playoff game. and uh, We just came out there, did our jobs. You know, like Donovan said, a little doubt did creep in, but Coach said before we even went out there that we are going to face a little bit of um, adversity, and we did that, and I think we responded pretty well to that.
1: Well, absolutely. Donovan, sticking with the offensive side of the ball, I know you guys lost some some important playmakers from last season's team. But uh, overall, um, just feels like you still have quite a few good playmakers on this team, among them guys like Brandon Harvey and yourself, also your new quarterback, Kellen yes, Davis, yes, like sir. you said. Uh, at this point, do you guys feel like you can just compete offensively with anyone, no matter the situation?
6: Anybody, no matter the situation, no matter the place, no matter the time. It's just um, about telling ourselves that, reminding ourselves that well, Coach Fish, um, he makes it a point, be better than the last day and – we have guys who might be playing opposition play, a position they've never played before. Vincent uh, N- Nugent. um, I'm trying to remember, we got Anthony Caceres, just guys like that playing <coughs> in situations they never played before, and mm-hmm. that that can be a scary thing. But we're able to uh, work as a unit, find that confidence within ourselves, and then now now we know nobody nobody can see us on our best day. So mm-hmm. that's sure, that's for sure. Sure. Jacob, then going to the defensive
1: side of the ball, that was kind of the rock of this team last season. I mean, you guys just shut teams down defensively. That's what happened when you guys uh, won your playoff game as a 14 seed last year. Uh, is this team even better defensively than it was last year? I mean, how, if you if you had to compare the two, I mean, how does this team look to what you guys did last year?
7: Um, we definitely got a stronger run game or run defense, I feel like. We are miss we missed a lot of our mm-hmm. DBs so far. We had three starting seniors who we lost last year. But I would say we definitely can cover the field just as well. We lost Braylon Peacock, he was a big factor, but we got Don Terrell who's able to come down, use his weight against other lineback or other linemen and hold hold his own. So I feel like they might have the advantage on us with experience, but I feel like we are still, I'll take my team. I'll take this year over the last year.
1: I like that confidence. And, Joel, not to leave out the the third party here, the special teams, I watched a, a video of you guys blocking a punt against Peoria Emanuel. I mean, it's pretty clear that you guys take pride in all three phases of this game. Uh, how much does Coach Jackson and the ret- rest of the staff hype up the importance of special teams? Because it's obvious, fa- based on that block punt alone, you guys take a lot of pride in it.
8: Well, special teams that's where you set the tone and you know, you gotta play hard on every wherever it's as offense, defense, special teams and you know, me as being returning, I did not expect that mm-hmm. but man, when that happened, you know, I felt like I felt like I scored myself. <laughs> so you know, it's just great having everybody go out there, play hard, you know. We just set the tone and that goes on for the rest of the game. And that carries on. So yeah
1: talking with Centennial football players Donovan Chambers, Jacob Bailey and Joel Myrick and Donovan I feel like one thing we uh, have kind of seen with this Centennial football team is there there's a lot of swagger around it there's a lot of hype around it I mean you guys got new uniforms this season yeah. you guys have the turnover chain on the sideline with the big Centennial C around it uh, the, to to have this swagger how 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 much do you guys identify with that how how important is it to have kind of that identity to know that you it's not cockiness, it's confidence right. in your in
6: yourself Right. well, I'll tell you it's um it's not something that's necessarily new, it's just mm-hmm. something we had to get comfortable with and it's you were right about that kind of thin line between cocky and confident, and it's taken us since my freshman year with all this new coaching staff to really learn that line and learn what we fit in and what we're good at and what um what works and what doesn't. I say me personally from my freshman year just having coaches actually as my coach. Whole time from my very first down to um, whatever week we have next is seeing um, him bring in new coaches and make um, adjustments to where it needs to be and just being flexible with relying on other coaches, allowing them to make uh, big decisions and uh, allow them to be comfortable as well. And that's the most important thing when everybody is comfortable and knows their role and is able to just bring in um, things like the turnover chain. uh, we we added something new. We have a point system, so whoever has the most points at the end of the week, that person gets the turnover chain for the week. Just little things like that. There is fun, but we don't take it as a distraction. We take it as part of a, part of the hard work and um, part of the winning as well.
1: Who took uh, who took the most points last week for the turnover chain?
6: Man, um, it wasn't me, so I don't want to talk about it. But um, <laughs> it might have been Kodiak Pruitt. Might the, have
1: been that was okay. <laughs> good, good to know. Good to know. <laughs> Jacob uh, just. Seeing Coach Jackson instill tradition in this team as well and getting that, that pride back up in Centennial football, do you kind of feel it around the school as well? Like, I, I know there's a lot of sports and a lot of things that people can be doing at Centennial High School, but do you have people stopping you in the hallway asking you how the team's doing and just showing that they, they care about what you guys are, are doing on the field?
7: Uh, most definitely. A lot of my teachers, they always ask me about the games. I always ask them if they're going to show up. They I mostly get the answer of yes. <laughs> but yeah, I have a lot of a lot of classmates that ask me how I did, how's the team going? Like how the jerseys feel. It's just like always ask me what's the theme for the game. They're always trying to show love and it feels good, you know. So Definitely feel the the love for the game at my school.
1: Well, absolutely, absolutely. You gotta you gotta make sure those are all yes responses though by the end of the year, right? Definitely. De- yeah. And Joel, just speaking of being at home right now, you guys opened <coughs> the season with a really long road trip to Proviso East, obviously. But you were at home against uh, Peoria Manual. You're going to be at home against Richwoods. Week four is. Technically a road game against Champaign Central, but obviously it's at Tommy Stewart Field. And then Week Five, you're you're at home against Danville. Just how important is this stretch of games for you guys? Because you want to make it back to the playoffs. You have big expectations. Getting 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 the job done at home is is important to you guys.
8: I mean, I think playing at home is a big confidence boost. As far as for me, I think it's a big confidence boost because just seeing, you know, just seeing all the people in the stands, you know, it's just it brings up the tempo for us, makes us play a little bit harder, but, you know, um, we have a decent student section that, you know, brings that energy. So when we go out there, that just makes us, you know, play a little bit harder and everything. So
1: Sure. I'll ask each one of you this. Donovan, what's your favorite thing about Centennial football at this point in time?
6: It's got to be the, the expectation is just how, like, each and every day you're, your best is expected of you and you're held accountable and, just if you approach that the wrong way, that can be a bad thing. If you if you don't want to work hard, that can be a bad thing. But luckily, we get everybody on the same page, and just the level that we play at, and that is expected of us. That's my favorite part.
1: Sure, and Jacob. How about you? i would
7: definitely say my teammates because feels like a second family. Everyone shares everything. It's just like the locker room definitely feels like a second home. You know, we are always trying to keep our heads up. I have time, even if some, something doesn't go right, it's just definitely got to be my teammates because I couldn't, I couldn't go that far without them. They're always trying to – always got my back.
1: Joel, you got anything to add on that front?
8: Uh, ever since I stepped foot at Centennial, I've, I've always felt like family to me. I mean, coaches, the teammates, some of these guys I've been playing with since, like, middle school. They just, those are my brothers. These are my family. Um, I just love this school, this program, and everything about it here. All right,
1: guys. Who's winning? Uh, who's winning the week three game between you guys and Richwoods?
8: Mm. <laughs> Come on, you already know yeah, the
1: answer. <laughs> God willing. Yes, hey, I, I just wanted to test and see see if you guys had confidence. <laughs> Obviously, you do. So, always, so always. good. I don't think Coach Jackson would have sent you guys over if you weren't confident in your guys' <laughs> no, ability no, no, to win no. the game. <laughs> Donovan Chambers, Jacob Bailey, and Joel Myrick, as I said, you can catch them at 7 p.m. on Friday night. They're going to be at Tommy Stewart Field hosting Peoria Richwoods, their second consecutive game against Peoria School, trying to move to 3-0 and before the big game against Central in Week 4. Guys, thanks again for making the short trip over, and good luck on Friday
6: night. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you.
1: And we will uh, wrap up the show here. Thank you all for tuning in today on the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show powered by the U of I Army ROTC. Uh, as we mentioned earlier on in the show, we are going to have our News Gazette Game of the Week uh, coming up here on Friday. Myself and Joey Wright will be live from Villagrove with the Blue Devils hosting Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond in a Lincoln Prairie Conference game. So we're really looking forward to that. And then in week four, we're going to have Central and Centennial as our, or Centennial Central, depending on who you ask, uh, as our game of the week. I believe that call will be handled by Joey Wright and Scott Beatty, uh, possibly putting me on the sideline for that game where ultimately everybody wants me, I'm sure, so they can probably tackle me or something like that. Colin,
2: you, uh, you do a great job on radio. Don't sell yourself short.
1: Appreciate that. Matt Daniels. Kathy Reiser, thank you both for filling in tonight on the show. We just followed your lead, Colin. (laughs) Something like that. And thank you all for joining us. Come back here next week, 6 p.m. Be sure to join us for another hour of high school football coverage. We'll see you then.